Hello and welcome to the All Strong Podcast. Today's episode comes thanks to my fiance Kelly for her question submitted to me in person, basically. If you'd like to submit a question on your own, please send it to me on Instagram or Facebook. You can find me at the URL slash ES Strength Coach or via email, uh, which you can send to Ethan at all-strong.com or you can just go to the website all-strong.com. Um, you'll also find more information on that website about my coaching services and my prices and stuff like that, as well as podcast notes. I know I missed uh, last week's upload date for the notes, but they're there this week and this evening, the tonight's ones, today's ones will go up this evening. Um, so check all that out. Um, don't be afraid to get in touch if there's anything at all you need. Um, for anyone who doesn't know me, I am a level four strength and conditioning coach. My background is in a number of different sports over the years. Most recently, I competed in strongman, currently looking to do something with Olympic weightlifting, but we're not quite sure just yet. Uh, my real passion is in anatomy and physiology. Uh, the whole point of this podcast is to try and share that with you, uh, whether you're a beginner or you know a little bit about fitness already. Hopefully, I can use the this to help you develop your knowledge and uh take control of how um, your training is is benefiting your life. The other aim of this show is to keep things nice and short, so I will aim to do that as much as possible. Um, and if anything comes up that you'd like to chat about, please don't hesitate to get in touch uh, whatever way you can. Um, hopefully, we'll have some guests on from time to time, but for now, it's just going to be me. So let's get right into today's topic, which is what rest times should I be taking or how long should I be resting? This comes thanks to Kelly. Thank you so much for submitting this. I've been talking to this, uh, talking to this, no, talking to people about this quite a lot in recent times. It's something that's quite complicated. I'm going to try and boil it down to its absolute fundamentals, which involves talking about energy systems, um, the three different main energy systems that your body uses when you exercise. Yes, I find myself explaining it an awful lot to people, so I kind of thought this would be a really good place to to do one of the first more specific questions that people have asked me, uh, so I can develop into more complicated topics and more specific topics from here, because it's a good foundation. But the question kind of, yeah, like I said, it, it, it involves a lot of information about how your body uses energy it'll deal with how you use different systems involved with energy expenditure to achieve different outcomes. It's the same as um, what we looked at last week in terms of training stimulus. Training stimulus can involve all kinds of different things. Um, one of those things is rest because of how it affects your use of energy. Um, and generally when I do explain this to people, I go far too complicated. So I kind of limited myself to be nice and brief about this so that anybody can get into the topic and hopefully learn some more if they want to go to my website and check out the podcast notes where the links and my own um, coursework type notes can be found as well. That's one thing. I, yeah, this week I thought because the topic is quite uh, complicated, I put some coursework notes from my own studies in there so you can read um, exactly the kind of thing that I would have written about when I was studying to uh, coach this sort of stuff. If you work one-on-one -on -one with me, if you're new to fitness, if you're just learning about this kind of thing, hopefully this is useful for you and it stops me from going off on a huge tangent about uh, ATP and how it works. The best thing for me to do uh, here is start by explaining um, the rest time that you choose and how that kind of can be manipulated and what it does. Um, now, I'm not a PhD in anything or I, have, I don't have mm, crazy qualifications. So if you already know a lot about ATP, glycolysis, uh, 
aerobic respiration, this is not the podcast for you because you're not, which is like baseline information on these things. If you've heard of these things though, or if you've never heard of them, or if you have heard of them and you don't know much about them, then this is kind of, this is going to be helpful for you. So stick around and we'll see what we can, uh, we can get you on the level with. But yes, like I, like I said, just to cover quickly, elements of stress when it comes to training. And if you're not sure what I'm talking about here, go back and listen to last week's episode. Uh, stress can include weight, rep numbers, speed, explosive strength, chaos, agility, reaction times, and and way, way, way more things. On top of everything else, rest times are also something that you can manipulate to consider as part of what's making up uh, your overall stress event in training. So there's something to consider along with all those other things. And it, I guess when I'm talking about all these things, it might start to feel like the idea of managing your stress events uh, is just looking far too complicated. But don't worry about it because turning your exercise into actual training is is a process of learning. And if you take it easy and bring in the new elements one at a time, you'll you'll find it okay. Uh, you 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 you'll get on easy enough. Um, but to explain how rest times can be used to get a specific response from the body, uh, we need to look at the way it draws energy depending on what type of activity you're doing. Um, I'm not going to go into the level of detail needed to write training programs, but I'll include some learning resources in the podcast notes, like I said before. You'll find a lot at all-strong.com. Basically, though, you have three different ways in which your body can use energy and three different sources which each of those methods or those ways of burning energy draw on uh, during the activity. Sources of energy... uh, the sources and uses of energy sort of break into three tiers, uh, ascending from one to the next in order of how long your activity lasts and how long you are, you're moving and working for. Basically, short, medium, and long-duration activities all have different sources of energy, and how you train can affect how efficiently and effectively your body can use these systems, uh, which ultimately allows you to uh, develop different adaptations Um, mostly relating to training capacity and things like that. Now, the first two systems that we use during activity are anaerobic in nature, which is maybe a term you've heard before, maybe it's not, but that doesn't matter too much. You've probably heard it in biology at school last, if you haven't heard it since. When we talk about anything that's anaerobic or aerobic, sorry, aerobic means that we are referring to something that involves oxygen or requires oxygen so when we say anaerobic like these first two systems we're referring to something that doesn't require oxygen Uh, and essentially that's the story of the first two systems which we use when we're exercising Uh, they don't require oxygen obviously this isn't counting the fact that all of your cells need oxygen to to survive on a daily basis this is whenever we're performing uh, heightened activity Um, there's a lot more complicated stuff involved obviously as there is with anything to do with the body but the first system which you use for about the initial 10 seconds of any bout of activity uses a source of energy called ATP, which for those of you who are interested, stands for adenosine triphosphate. The energy source, um, ATP, works similarly to splitting an atom, sort of. When the, bo- when the body breaks down one f- phosphate ion away from the other two, energy is released, just like when you split an atom. Um, but then the body can use that energy that's released and you can rest assured that I won't go into any more detail than that because that's that's where I normally fall down. But the thing is, with anything involving energy, that um, once a reserve has been used up, it needs to be restored. Um, because ATP is only available for about 10 seconds or so of activity, your useful reserves tend to run out uh, after, after that length of time, basically. Now, ATP restores slowly as well. 
So after 30 seconds, yes, after up to 30 seconds, it's only back to 50%-ish. So basically on a compound basis after that, every 30 seconds following that, it's back to about another 50%. So 50, 75, uh, 87.5%, you know, blah, 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 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds. And this is why you see people like powerlifters and, 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 and weightlifters in the gym spending five to 10 minutes resting between sets. They're honestly not being obnoxious or taking up space. Um, they actually have a reason to be waiting for that long. It's, uh, it is recommended that you spend three to five minutes resting between short bursts of very intense activity so that your ATP levels can bounce back. So that's if you're training for strength or if you're using heavy kind of weights. Now, it's, on, it's not always um, as drastic as that, but if you're at the point in a program where you're operating at a 75 plus percent, it's going to help you to uh, help you out a lot to take long rest times. Um, if you're below that intensity, uh, two minutes will probably be fine. Uh, but if you're only taking 20 to 30 seconds between sets, you're actually training your body for something different. So if you're taking those five to 10 minute rests, it's generally for maximal strength, relative strength, whatever it happens to be. If you're only taking 20 to 30 seconds, you're giving your body a different stimulus and you're also not getting the energy back that you need to lift, which is maybe why you're failing your second and third sets if, if, if that's something that happens to you. So be mindful of that sort of thing. Um, and be, it's important to remember as well that these things don't just apply to people who are lifting weights. Uh, sprinters have similar energy needs um, along with pretty much anyone who's required to perform at a very high intensity for short periods of time. So whatever you can think about, it involves 75, 80, 100% activity intensity uh, for up to about 10, 10 seconds. Someone involved in a more hybridized sport, which requires endurance and high intensity activity, will have to vary their training in a whole pile of different ways when it comes to rest periods. Um, and like everything else, pretty much it all depends on what your goals are, really. So if you want to be good at football, you're going to have to train um, those with those long rest periods and you're going to have to train for endurance, uh, which are two very different things in terms of rest. But you'll see um, how that varies later on. So when we're training for speed or for max output for a short time, we're resting for an extended time so we can restore the right source of energy needed for us to go again. Say, for example, we're doing sprint training and we know with weightlifting, you lift big weights. If you're doing strength, you're doing low numbers. So you're only taking about 10 seconds per set, taking a big long rest to get the ATP back. If you're sprinting, maybe the general kind of consensus on sprint training is you're doing one, one second of, sorry, 10 seconds of rest for every one second of activity. Generally, if I'm doing 10 to 12 to 15 meter sprints, I will take uh, up to a minute afterwards to get the energy back because it only takes about six six seconds, probably even less than that. Actually, I haven't timed it to, to get that energy back. So always be mindful of that. We're telling the body when we do this because then over time, it becomes better at building it back. If it is done properly, then training for sprinters and pitch athletes should really allow them to get effective enough at bouncing back from those big bounces of intensity to the extent that uh, they should be able to repeat them without exhausting themselves over a 90-minute match, uh, depending on what the sport is. Uh, so maybe think about how a sprinter might need to run multiple heats or even how a football or hockey player will need to sprint more than once per match. They won't have just one 10-meter sprint to do. They'll have random amounts of, of, of distance, uh, random numbers of, of different um, times that they have to sprint as well. So so that's something to always consider whenever you're training these people too. And the principle basically remains the same into the next system. Um, so once the body is out of ATP, we're into using carbs basically. The system is still anaerobic, which means it's not using oxygen, but it's into a position of using larger products or larger quantities of products to produce energy. This means that it begins to produce a tangible amount of waste as it is burning up this energy. 
Um, the waste product in question when we're talking about the anaerobic system is lactic acid. So after about 10 seconds or so, um, depending on how well trained you are, obviously you should probably start to feel a burning sensation in your muscles you're using. And again, depending on how well trained you are, you'll probably not feel the sensation shifting for quite some time. So it should appear about after 10 seconds and it probably won't fade away for a good while. There are loads of terms uh, relating to like thresholds and ability in this range, but I'm going to leave that out so we don't head too much into coaching territory. But basically, the important thing about the anaerobic system is that it kicks in around 10 seconds after activity starts. So once ATP runs out and can provide energy up to about the two minute mark in terms of activity. So rest periods when we're in this kind of energy use um, are mostly geared towards increasing your tolerance of lactic acid and your ability to clear it out of muscles. So any sport or activity that involves exertion between 10 seconds and two minutes will result in lactic acid buildup in the body, um, which is why you get that burning sensation when you're doing like a longer distance run or something that is slightly longer in duration than, 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 a, than a nice short set. And training the body to get rid of lactic acid as quickly as possible will be the best way to keep someone performing at their best uh, without giving into stiffness and soreness, which you've undoubtedly seen if you are, you know, if you do watch recreational sport. Um, the people who are most likely needed to train within this range are maybe like swimmers, middle distance runners, like 400 meters, 800 meters, forwards in rugby, who are you know, phase to phase to phase with little rests in between. Um, but that's just to name a few. Obviously, there are way, way, way more than that. But in order to get what they need, they need to keep things in a careful balance. So if the body is immediately getting its ATP levels back during the first 30 seconds of rest, it's, it's drawing those back straight away, then we're going to need to be fighting against that um, recovery period if we're going to do more sets than just one. Because as soon as we finish the first set, before we start the second set, the body's already working on getting its ATP levels back, and we're not training that. We're training to get our anaerobic system better. So if we limit our rest times, we'll have less ATP back to use in subsequent sets, two, three, four, meaning that the anaerobic system will be kicking in sooner each time because we'll have less ATP at the start of each set. So when we start back into activity, um, it means that we're showing the body that we'll not always have a lot of time to deal with lactic acid buildup. So it'll gradually improve its ability to remove the waste product from our muscles, meaning um, it, it doesn't mean that the pain will go away, sorry, but it does mean that it'll not stick around for as long in the future. So those times, if you're somebody who does deal, have problems with lactic acid buildup and has a lot of stiffness and pain early on in activity, try training like interval training, uh, bring your, your rest periods down, something like Tabata, because uh, these are uh, this is a pretty good way to get the, the best um, from that kind of training. Yeah, this, this training in this range is quite complicated. I have put my full level four notes that I wrote on the podcast notes for today, so you can check them out later. I think if you're a site member or if you're if you're a, a client of mine, you might get a notification when that gets posted, but that's beside the point. But if yeah, it's training in this range is very complicated. So um, check out the notes so you can get a better idea of how that works. The anaerobic system is probably the most complicated one to think about. Um, but other other benefits of training in that system and training with those limited rest periods but repeated sets are that the anaerobic range um, also helps you better store sugar and use sugar in its stored form, which is glycogen inside the body. But um, speaking of the burn that you feel during those slightly longer bursts of activity, once you go past the two-minute mark, you should start to notice that the burning in your muscles stops increasing and to an extent, it will begin to ease off depending on how long you're working for. 
This is because you've entered into the aerobic system and you're using oxygen and fat for energy instead. You're taking little to no rest, then your likelihood is that you're training for endurance, whether you intend to or not, basically. And the longer you train without a rest, the more your body learns to efficiently use fat and oxygen for energy, and then the longer you'll be able to go without a rest as a result. And this is why training programs for athletes will have some weighted movements um, in a set with very high reps. It's not just running and swimming that need the endurance. Um, your muscles themselves also have to be able to perform for long periods along with the rest of your body. So like if you're a rugby player, again, you'd be using your strength for a long period of time. So your muscles need to have the endurance to work hard, but work hard for longer. So training your muscles for longer without a break ultimately allows them to build what's called muscular endurance. Sorry. And uh, even they can even grow at different types of muscle fiber, depending on how much you train them this way. Yeah, it's, it's a, di a completely different way to maxing out on the bar or using those heavy strength sets. So it's good to keep those in balance if you're somebody who does have a more hybridized sport it was a pretty roundabout way of talking about why we take the rests we take but hopefully that made a lot of sense uh so we're taking when we're taking longer rests we're using that short burst type thing taking slightly shorter rests we're using a longer duration source of energy but it's still relatively short we're taking no rests we're going for endurance we're using our fat and we're using our oxygen um it really does depend on what you do, same as anything else. So if you're, if you're training for strength, if you're training for maximal strength using five, three, one um, sort of rep numbers in your, in your sets, you want big, long rest periods, three, five, maybe 10 minutes, depending on how heavy things are. If you're going for hypertrophy, building a bit of muscle, two to three minutes is probably fine. If you're looking for that anaerobic phase, you're trying to build that up, maybe 10, 20, maybe 30 seconds of a rest to really build up that tolerance. And if you're doing endurance, you can program different intervals for endurance, but it's better to take little to no rest, I I, I would recommend, really. But realistically, um, same as is, uh, with everything else, there is always more, more to this than I can explain in a window as short as this. I'll try and include as many learning resources as possible as I can, so be sure to check them out in the notes at all-strong.com. If you do have any further questions, as always, send them to me in any way you like. There is much more to go into it when it comes to energy and rest times, but I hope I've cleared up the basics for you. Um, I've spoken to so many people, including people I've I, I worked with in the past, about why uh, resting is so important. And you have to, it's one of those things that the people I've spoken to this before, who always said, oh, I can't rest for any more than 30 seconds. It's one of those things you just have to do. If you're not resting for more than 30 seconds between, I don't know, sets of deadlifts or something like that, you're training a completely different thing. You're training your body for a different stimulus. If you want to get stronger, if you want to get bigger, you need those bigger rests. It's just the way the body works. Yes, ask me any questions if there's anything else you need. Um, hope I've cleared this up as well as I can. And next week, we have our first ever guest on the show. So stick around for a discussion on lifestyle, fitness, and the benefit of good coaching. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week.